Today on Abounding Grace. We see problems around us. There are many Jerichos around us. We have crisis after crisis. We have the political issues of our culture. We have the economy. We have family issues. We have problems around us. We have viruses. We have overreach of government. We have all of these things. And the question is, are we going to jump in and try? No, we don't jump in and try. We stand and trust. God's going to take care of this stuff. He's been faithful in the past. He's faithful now, and he'll be faithful in the future. God says, don't jump in. Instead, follow me. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. When we're facing an impossibility or a crisis, you might be tempted to tackle it in your own strength or develop some sort of plan and strategy to overcome it. But today on Abounding Grace, we'll discover that the walls fall down by faith in God. In other words, by faith, victory comes. Pastor Ed Taylor seeks to drive that home through this message based in Joshua chapter 6 and Hebrews chapter 11. Alan Redpath, in commenting on this section, said this, and I quote, I believe that before God entrusts any of his people with a real measure of spiritual power, victory, and blessing, that he brings them to a place from where they have surveyed Jericho so long that they have come to see that its conquest is absolutely hopeless. God expects nothing more from us than failure. Yet we spend years trying to make ourselves something other than a failure. So long as we think we can do it alone, the omnipotent resources of God in Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, cannot help us. Don't be offended by the word failure because I think in the context, if he was writing it in modern language today, I think he would say something like this. God expects nothing more from us than failure in our own strength. Whenever we take things into our own hands with our own wisdom, I mean, this is so important that, that God made, I, I, so important in my life that one of the first scriptures I ever memorized, it's actually the scripture I write in the little Bible that I give so that like when little Mason gets to read his Bible, he will see the scripture I wrote in there for him, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, that I learned at an early age, and I'm still learning like you are, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your paths. There is no other way. I need to trust him. And it's the Jerichos in life, the impossibilities, the ones where we come up in a possibility and go, I know it's hard, I know it's difficult, but I'll get through it. No, you won't. Only by faith will the walls of Jericho fall in your life. Notice verse 6 now. Joshua goes and he gives the direction. He says, Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed, march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. So it was, verse 8, when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced, 
blew the trumpets, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests, who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the Ark, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. And that just reminds us a couple of things. Number one, remember this was the same counsel Moses gave years earlier. Stand still, see the salvation of God, and then what did he say? Hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. And as Pastor Chuck Smith taught us many times, he says, look, when you're facing an enemy and people are coming against you and difficulties are pressing in on you, you have a choice. Number one, your choice is to take things into your own hands and defend yourself. And if you choose that route, God will allow you to defend yourself. You'll be a poor defender of yourself, but he'll allow you to do that. And you'll find more trouble and more difficulty and go, but Ed, Ed, they're saying this and they're writing this and they're posting this. I know. You can choose to defend yourself or the second choice is you can allow God to be your defender and you can be quiet and you can be silenced. Not until God gives you the word are you to say anything and allow God to defend you. Let me just say, for those of you that are in a position today where it's unfair and it's unjust and there are slander and lies and all kinds of things being said about you, let me just remind you, as God being your defender, time is on your side. Time is on your side. You know why? Because time reveals the truth. So be patient. Be patient. Oh, but Ed, it's been years. <laughs> Time is on your side. Time is always on the side of truth. And so you can see why you become impatient. You can see how the enemy will goad you. And there'll be this thing over here. And now it's getting worse. And especially if it's within a family, then it's really hard and very difficult. But if you allow God to be your defender, trust me, but more so trust him. He will be the best defender that you've ever had in your life. He will cover you, protect you. You just keep a singular purpose. Keep your eyes on him. Enjoy fellowship with him. And whatever you do, and you guys that were with us when we studied through 1 Samuel, and all the times David was tempted to take things into his own hands, don't take things. Don't lean on your own understanding. You in your own strength cannot defeat Jericho. It's not going to happen. You can't do it. Your best strategies, your best plans, your, the, the resources, you don't have enough. It's impossible because God said he's going to give it to you. So wait for him and do what he's asked you to do in obedience. Learn to walk around your Jericho silently today, tomorrow. For these guys, it was seven days. For you, it might be seven years. But walk carefully, quietly, building trust with every step. Nothing's happening, Ed. I've been doing this, and there's a lot happening. You just don't see it. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. You just don't recognize it yet. You know, remember, church, there's always the physical and the spiritual. And we get caught up with the physical. Oh, man, Jericho's so big, so high, 50 feet high walls, this so thick that they could have chariot races on top of it. Oh, it's so big. It's so impossible. But the people of God, to me, this is so amazing. Notice verse 12. Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. 
And the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. The armed men went before them, but the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp, and so they did six days. Can I just say this is a beautiful, beautiful picture of unity. It's, this is unity at its best. They're learning how to trust God. They're learning how to trust their leadership. And they're together doing the same thing. These guys are following the plan. They're doing what God's asked them, what God's commanded them to do. And there's unity. Can I just say there's nothing more beautiful in the church, in our church, in other churches, as unity in the Spirit. It's beautiful. We can make so much progress when we are unified but we are out of it when the enemy can get us divided and get us against each other, nitpicking and upset and infighting. You know, sometimes the world looks at the church and they just shake their head. And they go, look at these guys. They can't even get along on the simplest of matters. And, and fortunately, there are times when the world, the people in this world can look on the church and see disunity. They see factions. They, they see so much that do not bring an attraction to the unity that's found in Jesus Christ. But when there's unity, it's beautiful and it's powerful. You know, one of the places of unity that I think is really cool that we get to practice all the time is when we gather together in the same room and we sing together. Have you ever considered that? We sing the same songs pretty much at the same tempo and key, although there are different layers of that in the room. And sometimes you can hear people making a, uh, a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's okay. But think about it. Where, where else do you sing with other people? I mean, other than maybe your family in the car, where else do you sing with people? Where else do you sing of the praises and the glory? Like if you were to go on a short-term mission trip and you visited a church, you know what you would do with them? Sing. Even if you don't know the language, you will sing with people in another language. You will enjoy the unity of singing the same words with the same tempo. Like God wants unity in His church. He wants us to lay aside the petty differences and the things that we make so important and to remain unified in the essentials. We need to, as we've said here, we need to learn as, as a church to lock shields. We're fighting the same battle. We're fighting a spiritual battle, but it's not with other believers. There is a wickedness and darkness in our world. And even then, we're not fighting people anyway, the Bible says. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about other people. We're fighting for people and their souls. Church, the division among us, the division among the church is not pretty. This is pretty. This is beautiful. They're together even though they don't understand everything, even though maybe they don't like everything. These are armed men. It says in the beginning, these are guys that, that at least have some kind of training. I mean, they're not military professionals, but they were charged to protect the people, and they're told, just walk around. What? Walk around. And you guys, I want you to carry the, the Ark of the Covenant and blow your horn. That's what I want you to do. No, man, that's not how we win wars. No, we win wars by obeying God. That's how we win. And if God says to walk, then walk. If he says to circle, then circle. If he says to blow the horn, blow the horn. If he says to hold your peace, hold your peace. And there's unity here. And I wonder how the people of Jericho, I wonder how they were viewing this, looking over the wall perhaps and watching and just waiting. When's it going to be? When's it going to be? When's it going to be? But all they're doing is walking. 
the people of God obeying, even though they had no idea what God was doing. So many times God is doing the same thing in your life, asking you to obey, even though you have no idea what he's doing. You have no idea what's being worked out behind the scenes. Notice in verse 15, it came to pass, this is Joshua 6, on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day, and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it was so, when the priests blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, by all means, keep yourselves from the accursed things, lest you become accursed and take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver, gold, vessels of bronze, iron, they're set apart, consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Why did the wall fall, fall down flat? Because God said he was giving the city. This is the promise fulfilled. It says the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they utterly destroyed everything that was in the city. This battle was so completely God's and all in God's hands. He required from this battle that all the spoils of the battle come to him. Everything that was taken belonged to the Lord. It was his victory. They weren't to touch anything. They, it was off limits. Even today, the inheritance of faith is ours. All that God has promised. God has brought us in so that he might, he has brought us out so that he might bring us in. He's delivered us so that he might lead us into his promises. Ours is not a life of wandering. Ours is not a life meant to be lived in compromise, playing around one foot in the world, one foot in the church. It's, our life is not intended to be playing games with obedience. Our lives are not to be having ears to hear over here, to be tickled over there, and to follow this man and see this movement. Oh, we were born and we live to see victory by faith. The high-walled cities... 50 feet high, 25 feet wide, impregnable, impossible. And God says, I want you to trust me. That city's not bigger than me. Not bigger than me. And here you are and here I am together, worshiping God in the room, online, in the overflow. Here we are. And so many Jerichos are in this room with us. I mean, impossible situations impregnable, so high, so wide that we shake our heads in fear. We come to him and go, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, Ed. And you come to me for advice and I respond the same way. I don't know how you're going to deal with this. We need to pray. I don't know how this situation is going to be resolved. I don't know how you're going to break that addiction. I don't know how your heart's going to be healed after it's been broken and hurt. You come to me and say, but pastor, I've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to professionals, counselors. I've spoken to every pastor on staff here, and I've gone to a couple other churches and talked to their pastors too. I've gone from church to church. I read my Bible every day. I prayed, and I just can't do it. I just can't do it. 
And if God has brought you to those words, I just can't do it. Let me tell you, friend, those are the words that precede faith. God's bringing you to the end of yourself so that finally you throw up your hands and go, I can't do it. I can't do it. I I don't know. Pastor doesn't know. I don't know. People I look to don't know. I, I just don't know what to do. Those are the words that precede a faithful reliance upon God. You may see those words and feel like a failure, but those words are the greatest words leading to success that you could ever have. It says, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I've been living this way forever. And I've tried to get help, but the final words just before faith is I can't do it. It's too big. It's impossible. But God says, I've given it to you. God says, victory is yours. God says, the way you win is by trusting me. And not only that, the battle you're in right now, the Jericho you're facing right now, listen, the way you win, the way you're being trained to win this Jericho will help you on every other battle you face. Because you're going to go from one battle, go victory, victory, victory. Sometimes when your hands are up in victory, boom, the next battle's right behind it. Come to the left and come to the right. And as you're being trained by faith to win this one, it's for the next one. And it's for the next one. The current crisis we're in right now is going to pass. And how you respond to this crisis will prepare you for the next one. If you're disobedient now, what makes you think you'll be obedient later? God is going to bring you back to the place of going, no, we need to go back to basics. Return to your first love. Remember from where you have fallen, the Bible says. Repent and repeat the first works. If you learn your lesson here, it will serve you well the rest of your life and give you the right context for every single battle in your life. It's not you. You're not going to win the battle. It's not you and God. It's not God and you. Victory comes from the Lord. Victory belongs to the Lord. It's His way. It has to be His way. You will experience victory no other way. It's only His way. Listen, church, it's different for us as believers. It's different. Things have changed now that you're a follower in Christ. It's different. You can't fight the way you used to fight. I don't want you to be surprised. You fight the battle. You go and take the enemy with the way you want to fight, with your weapons. You go fight the enemy on his territory. I don't want you surprised when you go after the enemy in his territory if he pulls out weapons against you that you didn't know he had. You're on the wrong battlefield, fighting the wrong way. The enemy doesn't have to keep any rules, right? He can play dirty. He can use weapons that we can't use. He can manipulate. He can lie. He can deceive. There's a lot of things our enemy can do that we are off limits for us. No, what our weapon is? By faith. Trusting God. They go, well, hey, that's not much of a weapon. No, that's the best weapon you could possibly have. Trusting God with your life. Just as much as you trust him for your salvation of your soul, you can trust him to fight your battles. We don't fight the world the way the world does with the weapons or the schemes or the strategies of the world. Because if we did, and we did experience some kind of victory, you know what would happen? Man would take the credit. Look at my battle. Look at my weapons. Look how strong we are. Look at us. No, no. When the, when, when the world looks at the church, they don't see us. They need to see Jesus among us. And Jesus himself said, he couldn't have made it clearer. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, my people would fight. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. 
There's a greater kingdom coming. And my people aren't going to fight like you guys do. They're not going to jump into the mud. You know, sometimes you jump into fights that aren't yours. It's not wise. The Proverbs say it's like taking a dog by the ears. But also think about it. You know, when you jump in the mud, the fight with someone in the mud, usually you're, all that happens is you get dirty. And the other person loves it. That's why they wanted you to fight on their territory. You jump in and go, oh, I'll take it, I'll take it. And all of a sudden, you lose your testimony. You lose your testimony of love. You lose a compassionate heart. You lose your faith. You lose when you take things into your own hands. And so what? We see problems around us. There are many Jerichos around us. We have crisis after crisis. We have the political issues of our culture. We have the economy. We have family issues. We have problems around us. We have viruses. We have overreach of government. We have all of these things. And the question is, are we going to jump in and try? No, we don't jump in and try. We stand and trust. God's going to take care of this stuff. He's been faithful in the past. He's faithful now, and he'll be faithful in the future. God says, don't jump in. Instead, follow me. Stay close to me. Because listen, if it's not now, if it's not now, it will be soon enough. Because there are those times in everyone's life where God removes everything and everyone so that we might look to him. Every comfort, everything we've relied upon, everything we've enjoyed, so that now it's just us and him with the choice to trust. Jerichos are scary, especially when you have two or three of them. They're intimidating. They incite anxiety in us. We have that fight or flight, you know, we want to run away. We want to be done with it. But Jerichos are faith building. They are those tools that God uses to develop the inner man and the inner woman. They make us look to Jericho. And it's Joshua that says, shout. And as finally you shout to the Lord, the walls come down. But today, friends, we have a greater than Joshua. Joshua is just a picture and a type of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross, his victory over death, his resurrection is the triumph for all humanity. And that today, if you turn away from your sins, God will give you the forgiveness that you've longed for. You're looking for the triumph in your marriage, you've got to look to the cross. You're looking for the triumph with your prodigals, you've got to look to the cross. You're looking for the triumph with your bank account, you've got to look to the cross. You're looking for the triumph and all the governmental issues and all the things and the all, you've got to look to the cross. That is where victory lies. Jesus defeated sin and death, so much so that he promised that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. And I know it's scary and intimidating, and I know you don't quite know what to do, but that's the best place to be because it forces you to lay aside everything that you've trusted in and to put your full force and weight in trusting God one more time. This is Abounding Grace with our Bible teacher and pastor, Ed Taylor. Catch a replay at AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through the Calvary Church app. You can search for Ed Taylor to download that today. 
depend on a train from Illinois to Texas, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer has proven to be helpful to anyone longing for a deeper experience with God. This book is a modest attempt, Tozer wrote, to aid God's children so to find Him. If you're hungry, the pursuit of God will lead you to the only one who can satisfy the soul. And we'll gladly send you a copy for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Thank you for remembering us in your prayers and giving to the Lord. Your gift, whatever the size, will serve to help us reach thousands with the message of Christ. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, 877-30-GRACE. Ordering resources is easier than ever now through our e-store at calvaryco.store. That's calvaryco.store. If you'd just like to make a donation and are not interested in the pick of the month, you could just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Connect with us through social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. There's a link to each page at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We've got another study in Hebrews to look forward to tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.